This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 11th, 2018. Battleground for prayer. When and how to pray. So good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you've joined us today as we continue our battle plan for prayer inspired by the book by that name written by Stephen and Alex Kendrick over the last few weeks we've looked at uh, different aspects of prayer first week was the purpose of prayer and then uh, followed that up with the power and priority of prayer last week discussed some blueprints for prayer this morning our series will, we're going to continue with when and how to pray well good morning connection church <clears throat> Two and a half weeks out of knee replacement surgery, not bad. Yeah. Mm. I just want to say thank you for the many cards and other expressions of love and uh, support, but most especially thank you for all the prayers. You know, as we're saying in this series, prayer is just such a powerful thing, and I wouldn't be up here right now if it weren't for them, so thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, to worship your holy name, to be in a relationship with one another, and for us to have a chance to take a look uh, inside ourselves about our prayer habits, how uh, we pray, when we pray, and thank you for your scripture that gives us guidance. So settle us in. May we be transformed by our relationship with you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. When and how to pray. If we look in the scripture, we find a, a, a real, real simple answer to this, a, a three word answer. We find it in the middle of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Say the next with me. Pray, Pray without, without ceasing. ceasing. There you go. We're done. Okay. And then give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 17 right there in the middle. Pray without ceasing. Wow. Now that's quite an assignment, isn't it? Pray without ceasing. i Probably not meant to be taken absolutely literally. Amen? Because we got to sleep, right? A little sleep time in there. And then so there's just certain things you have to you know, think about other things somehow. So I think there the encouragement is that we should never be far from prayer, to be ever ready to pray, to make prayer a regular ongoing part of our existence, for prayer to be a natural go-to rather than the once in a blue moon when all else has failed, when I'm at the end of my rope opportunity to use God as a nothing else is working lifeline kind of thing. And so even though it might be challenging to pray every second of every day, it is possible to make prayer a regular, ongoing part of our existence. We've been saying for the last few weeks that prayer is like oxygen. The oxygen we breathe is that talking to God, listening to God, just breathing in, exhale, inhale. It's like oxygen. And so one way to think about prayer is to schedule prayer. Schedule it. You're thinking, well, why would I need to schedule prayer? 
don't we schedule just about everything in our life? I mean, we scheduled what time to show up here today. We schedule, you know, uh, our jobs, we have to be at certain times. The school bell rings at a certain time. We kind of schedule even when we go to bed at night. I mean, breakfast, we thrive. We might not like it, but our life revolves around schedules. And so why not schedule prayer? For me, and I've shared this recently, since uh, the beginning of this new year, I'm developing a spiritual discipline of waking up earlier spending time in prayer and also um, through journaling. And it's been really, really helpful. I am not a morning person, and it's only through that discipline of waking up that now I miss it if I happen to miss a morning. And I think, okay, I'm just going to sleep in a little bit, mm -hmm. and I will do it during lunchtime. It never happens. It just doesn't when I'm kind of knocked off my game. So for me, I actually schedule in Bible, journaling, and prayer in the morning. Yeah. Some other people, other times are good. Maybe sometime, maybe lunchtime works. Uh, or maybe at the end of the day, I've tried that, you know, just before uh, you, you fall asleep, you kind of have an opportunity to recount the day, recount the challenges, the blessings, pray for what's coming up uh, in the morning. Now, the challenge at that point in time when you're tired and your eyes are droopy and you're getting the picture here, right? Uh, the challenge is to stay awake through the whole prayer. On, on the other hand, is there any better way to fall asleep than in the arms of the Lord, so to speak? So there you go. Scheduling prayer. There's a biblical precedent for that. We see that in the book of Psalms lots of places in the Bible, but there's two places specifically we want to lift up to you. First is Psalm 55, verse 17. And this is uh, David, uh, who wrote a lot of the Psalms. He scheduled prayer. This is amazing. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So David scheduled prayer three times a day. I doubt this prayer was just God is great, God is good. He scheduled some intense time, it sounds like, with the Lord. And David was a pretty busy guy. <laughs> he was the king of Israel. He led armies into battle. He ran a country. <laughs> and somehow he found time to pray at least three times mm -hmm. a day. Later on in the Old Testament, we read in the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel of how Daniel prayed three times a day. Here's what we read. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room, open toward Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and to praise him just as he had done previously. It mentions a document. The document talked about here was a decree, a decree from King Darius, the king of Babylon. And that decree said that for the next 30 days... <clears throat> Whoever would pray to any god or mortal other than King Darius would be thrown into the lion's den. Yeah. So Daniel continued to be faithful with his scheduled prayer. Pushing the pause button for a moment. This summer, we have a vacation Bible school experience that's 
all about Daniel and the lion's den. It's called Babylon. It's going to be a great, great time. We hope that your kids, your grandkids, your neighbor's kids come to hear about the faithfulness and how that faithfulness can be a part of their life. And we'll also need volunteers. So you'll be hearing more about <laughs> when, when, Devin? Oh, next week there's a meeting. So check your program and maybe you can participate. That would be awesome. Daniel. Daniel was faithful in his scheduled prayer, despite the decree that came down. I mean, that was a pretty daunting decree. And he continued to pray. His enemies in the king's court, the ones who dreamed all this up, they went to Daniel's house one day, knowing that this would be one of those times he was praying so they could catch him. And of course, Daniel was found guilty. He was praying. And Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. But God was faithful. And Daniel was faithful. And he survived. And as a result, King Darius was so blown away by what happened that he changed his mindset and he changed his heart. And instead of, you know, going against Daniel and Daniel's faith, he ended up embracing Daniel's God by saying that Daniel's enemy and their families, poor families, I mean, they probably didn't have anything to do with this, but in their families would be thrown in the lion's They den. didn't survive. They didn't survive. <laughs> And King Darius declared that Daniel's God, the God of Israel, the God of all creation, he declared that God to be the living God, the God to whom all should tremble and fear, the God who rescues, the God who saves. Now that was a pretty powerful witness, that scheduled prayer that Daniel had and what an impact his witness was mm. on a nation. Yep. Now, while scheduled prayer gives us great opportunities to go deeper with God on a regular basis, it's also crucial and, and priceless to be open to the unscheduled opportunities for prayer that God gives us each and every day. You know, the, those times during the day when something happens you didn't expect, something comes up that wasn't part of the plan, and God is giving you a great opportunity to use that surprise as a time to connect with God. So in your program, there's a little prayer card like we've had the last couple of weeks. Pull that out, would you please? I don't trust you're going to do that unless I can see it. So please hold it up and give me a breeze, please. That rhymes. Breeze, please. There you go. And on the one side, there's prayer. We'll get to that later. On the other side, it says prayer promptings. Prayer promptings. We've taken this list from the Kendrick Brothers book. We condensed it a little bit. Theirs was a little long-winded. This is just kind of a, a tickler list. This isn't every possible prayer prompting in the world, but it's just a little tickler list to kind of get you started, to give you an idea of some things that might happen during the day, some unexpected things, some things that pop up that weren't part of your schedule that would give you an opportunity to connect with the Lord. Prayer promptings. For example, newness could be a prompting. Anytime something new happens, use it as an opportunity to pray. Even a new day, a new week, a new year, 
a new job, a new relationship, a new opportunity. Anytime there's something new, and I would say that there's something new like every day because we have a new day, every time we're going into uncharted territory. We're going into new space, and it's always a great opportunity to use that newness as a prompt to connect with God in prayer. Mm. And another prayer prompting then is needs. Anytime we realize a need, be it physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever, it's a great, great, great opportunity to see and connect with the Lord in prayer. As we said, I had a knee surgery. It was a they call it a, a knee replacement, actually a resurfacing where they take the surface off two sides where there's no cartilage and they put new parts in. They said my old parts were very well worn. I got my money's worth out of them and I got some new parts for another 20,000 miles, 100,000 miles, whatever it is. But anyway, when they do that, for some reason, everything in your knee tightens up and you can't bend it nearly as much as you used to. And so you have to do this therapy, and a lot of it's at home, but three times a week I get to go in and have somebody who really knows what they're doing help make this thing stretch out like it's <coughs> supposed to. And these kind, gentle ladies, um, um, they, there's a number you're supposed to hit. My number, I think the number's like 120. It's a, you know, a, they have this thing they measure. Well, the other day, she's pushing it really hard just to get it to 85. <laughs> and when she's at about 80, I'm thinking we're done. And, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. And that's when I went to the Lord in prayer because that was a definite need because she wasn't done because she was determined we were going to get that baby to 85. And thank the Lord we did. Now, now two days later, we got it to 98. Trouble is, we still got 22 degrees to go. <laughs> so I got a whole lot more opportunity to pray in my physical therapy sessions here. Yeah. As the Kendrick brothers say, we serve a God who's in the need meeting business. Isn't that awesome? We serve a God who's in the need meeting business. Whenever you discover a physical, emotional, or spiritual need, you should allow that need to prompt you to pray. Amen. Amen. Prayer prompts. How about uh, blessings? When we experience a blessing, that that would prompt prayer. An unexpected blessing that occurs throughout the day, and I think that we have them every day. Unexpected blessings. So do we take time to just stop and celebrate and thank God for those unexpected blessings. When we look at the scripture that we started the service off with, that Second Thess or First Thessalonians 5 scripture, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. On Thursday, I was visiting someone in the hospital, and he really has a very serious illness that's going to require some very serious surgery. And so I spent time in prayer with him, and you know, I prayed for healing and peace for him, for his family. I prayed for wisdom for the medical personnel and thought I covered everything. 
And when I was done, he started praying. And his prayer started with thanking God for the physician's assistant who was astute enough to say, I think we have a problem here. You need to go to the emergency room. And then he prayed for the emergency room personnel. And then he prayed for the staff of the hospital that he's in. And I'm like, wow. So this guy, this man of God, who's been practicing his faith for a while, this just, I mean, his natural bent was to go right to the Lord with thanksgiving for the blessings in the midst of his challenges despite his circumstances. Mm. It was such an incredible witness mm. for me. It's important to find blessings in the midst of challenges. But, you know, it's funny where uh, just regular kind of blessing, I find it interesting how this whole thing works. When, when something challenging happens, let's say a friend says, I just lost my job, you might respond, wow, I'll, I'll pray for you, right? When your friend says, hey, I just got a promotion, do you ever say, hey, I'll pray for you? See, we all kind of laugh at that, but why, we should pray then too, shouldn't we? I mean, that person's going to have some challenges in that new position. There's going to be, that's a great opportunity for prayer, but sometimes we forget to, to pray f over the blessings just like we pray over the challenges when they come our way. Blessings deserve prayer as well. The funny, um, oh, the flip side of blessing, a prayer prompting would be our burdens. Burdens. Life is really tough. When I was struggling one of my times, I was seeing a psychologist, and he recommended the book, The Road Less Traveled. First three words, life is difficult. And it's true. Life is difficult. Each one of us carries a load. And some of our loads are heavier than others, but we all have loads. And sometimes they are so heavy that we aren't even sure if we can take one more step, do one more day. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus says to you, and Jesus says to me, come to me. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. That just like, ah, that's mm. so good. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. Doesn't that just make you smile, thinking that Jesus says that to you, to me? Come to me. You can have rest from the burden. The burdens aren't gone, but with Christ, it's easier. We just hand them over. He says, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm. You know, funny thing is, when we're weary, when we're overtaxed, when we have one more thing on our plate than we got room on our plate for when, when we like pushed past our limit. Some, at that point, even the light stuff becomes a heavy burden, doesn't it? it happens to all of us at one time or another, I think. Kind of like when that pot finally boils over, you know, if I, or when that last straw breaks the camel's back. And, and, and then there's the burden 
that is so intense, so life-changing, that we don't just call it a burden, we call it a crisis. A crisis. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a, a job thing. Maybe it's a relationship thing. You know, it's, it could be any number of things. But whatever kind of a thing it is, it's, it's something that's going <clears throat> to, at least for a while, put everything else <laughs> on hold <laughs> because it is so crucial. So this time last year, we're, our family was headed into a crisis, and we didn't know it. Uh, Devin and TC, our daughter and son-in-law, were getting ready to have their baby, and Nolan, and <clears throat> he was, pregnancy was normal, everything was fine, y'all were excited, we were excited to uh, welcome Nolan into um, our lives, and he was born on April Fool's Day, April 1st, uh, came very uh, quickly, and um, very quickly after he was born, Devin realized something was dreadfully wrong. His color, he kept dropping his oxygen level, his color went bad, he couldn't really feed well at all, and so he was seen quickly by some experts in their NICU, and within three hours, he was transported to AI, and within 48 hours, he had a life-saving surgery. Now, that crisis, I remember watching, I was standing in the delivery room, and I can remember watching Devin, and there was some circumstance where things were a little chaotic with her after she gave birth. And then I'm watching over here with realizing something was wrong with the baby, and I just thought, this could be a really bad day today. It crossed my mind I could lose my daughter, and I could lose my grandson. And I just said, okay, God, I, I know you're there. What, what's going to happen here? But uh, I'm with you. I'm holding on. And um, kicked it in prayer. But it wasn't me. It just wasn't Alan. Devin and TC have been working out their relationship with Jesus for years. So their natural inclination was to give thanks to God for the blessings and to depend on God with everything they've got. And you as a church hmm. prayed fervently. And Nolan recovered from his surgery, and here he is. Is he the cutest little thing? He's in a nursery. I just wanted to bring him in and say, here, here he is. And he'll turn one, and we're just so thankful. And we've learned a lot about God. And Devin and TC, you have done a fantastic job parenting a child who needs help. So you're blessing us. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, it's at these crisis times, these extreme crisis times that, that we might feel like King David and how he expressed himself in Psalm 22 when he cries out to the Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those times where you wonder if God's even still in the picture, you know, those crisis times. It's the, it's the same thing that Jesus cried out from the cross. 
I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, even had that moment when he cried out, my God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? Feeling that, that distance, that loneliness. You know, it's at, <clears throat> it's at those times of crisis that we have a real simple choice. And our, our church, our choice is this. We can either turn away from God, figuring he ain't there, and there's no reason to talk to him. He has forsaken me. Or we can turn toward God, closer to God, with the realization that God is our absolute only hope. It's that simple. And so these are the times where prayer isn't just important. It's absolutely crucial. It's essential. These are times when if we didn't pray, we wouldn't have anything else. Basically, that's times when that's all we got, prayer, and all we've got to cling to. And it's those times it's so important for us to remember that even though God can and often does change what's going on in the situation, God took care of no one. <laughs> More often than not, what changes is God changes us. God changes us. Jesus said he came to bear our burdens, all of them, light ones, heavy ones, in between. Come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And so we share them with Jesus through prayer. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Prayer promptings. Our final prayer prompting for this morning is perhaps the most important, and that is sin. Sin as a prayer prompting. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote the second half of the Bible, a lot of it, and he talked about sin a lot in the Bible. He talked about his own sin, and says this in the book of Romans. I'll share that in just a moment, but it kind of describes us as well. Paul says this, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that <laughs> dwells within me sin that dwells within me within us that is really not fun to think about sin inside but in our humanness we do have a sin sick nature there's this natural bent that we have that kind of takes us toward self-centeredness, toward temptation, toward pride, toward ego, you name it, all kinds of things that we just sort of gravitate toward. But 
when we have a relationship with Jesus. We still have all that, but the really cool thing about that is that when we claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit resides within us. And I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit prompts me, prompts you, and like, that's sin. Don't go, don't, no, not good. Mm. The Holy Spirit reveals those dark places inside. So what does that look like? It could look like just a little nudge. It could look like a pit in your stomach. It could look like a conversation with a friend regarding accountability. It could look like um, some, you know, a thought that comes into your head. When you read scripture, it could really happen. When you pray, it could absolutely happen. My, in my new um, spiritual discipline of waking up earlier and spending time with God, one of my regular requests, and I only did this a little more casually before, but one of my regular requests is to ask the Holy P Spirit to show me my sin, to like put a light on that aspect, that area that I really need to work on because sometimes we just don't see it. Sometimes we're blinded from it or we don't want to deal with it. So I'm saying, okay, show it to me. This is not fun, but I want more of you, God. I want to reflect more of you. And so that's available to each one of us to ask the Holy Spirit more of you, less of me, Show me those dark spots. Help me repent, turn from sin, turn toward you. Sin as a prayer prompter. You know, a few weeks ago we said we're in a cosmic battle. Cosmic battle. It's not a battle that we're not, we're called to fight on our own though. Thank the Lord. In fact, we have the entire legion of God's angel army at our disposal. <laughs> That's a big army. <laughs> That's a powerful army. <laughs> and it's through prayer that we are in the position to realize all the protection that all that army has to provide. It's through prayer that God will protect us, absolutely will protect us, even from the temptations of the one who wants to bring us down, the one who we say it so often, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. We're, we're, we've got access to that power. It's at our disposal. God said, here it is. Well, all we got to do is tap in. And the way we tap in is through Prayer. Prayer is our tap-in for all the resources that God makes available to us, including his angel army of protection. And so, 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing, pray in all circumstances. We need to be prepared to pray in all circumstances, to allow our circumstances to prompt our prayers. 
And this will not happen if prayer is a foreign thing to us, if we don't develop that discipline of praying. Like I said, prayer, talking to God, is like oxygen. It just needs to be natural as breathing in and breathing out. Not an occasional when all else fails kind of thing. Although, when all else fails, we should be praying. But prayer as, as an ongoing dialogue, ongoing relationship, so that when those things happen that we're prompted to pray about, we just automatically go there. Automatically. That it's not strange to us. Natural not something that we haven't practiced. Prayer takes even practice. And so the cool thing is that we're only a prayer away from connecting with the one true God of your life and of mine. If you'll take that prayer card again that we had a few minutes ago, flip side from the prayer promptings is a prayer for today. We've done this every week. It's, we encourage you to put this someplace where you'll see it through the week, maybe on a mirror in the bathroom, maybe on the refrigerator, maybe, probably maybe not in the windshield right in front of your face. That would probably be dangerous. But someplace, don't just make it a today-only prayer. We encourage you to pray it several times this week. Make it a part of you. Let's share this prayer together this morning. Pray with me. God in heaven, please help me to make prayer my first response to every situation that occurs in my life. Instead of worrying, instead of complaining, instead of taking credit, instead of celebrating without you, teach me to come to you before going anywhere or to anyone else. It brings me comfort to know that I can never be in a place that you're not already there to hear me and to help me. You are my peace and my salvation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.